late breaking news. That's right. There, we just had this info coming across the wire. Ronnie and I have had to convene an emergency pod because, folks, uh, we have live action Thrawn. That's right. As of this week, uh, a few days ago, so I think we're probably the first Star Wars podcast to actually cover this. Um, they uh, there was some kind of new uh, baby show that's coming on the the baby streaming service for babies. And the big news is, though, of course, for the very first time, Grand Admiral Thrawn will be portrayed by a human actor. Ronnie, what's your sense of the man on the street? How excited are people for this uh, for this uh, momentous occasion? Well, I'm just imagining someone solemnly having to say a second Thrawn has hit the towers. <laughs> I uh, I'm imagining really that we. I mean, the swooning is going to be outrageous. There's going to be a lot of uh, calls to. Uh, ambulance services. Actually, not really, because like I, I guess we can talk about. You know, we'll we'll get a little details on this. We've had to consult. We couldn't. It was short notice, so we couldn't get her back on the emergency pod. But if you're listening to this, I think we're going to make this an addendum to our interview with Megan, um, who gave us a little more background and gave us a little more information about uh, about Thrawn as a character and, and all that and how he fits into the the Neo Star Wars. Um, and apparently, this show Ashoka. It's going to focus on a Twi'lek Jedi who survived Order 66 uh, and is a very popular cartoon character. This is all essentially a live-action sequel to a CGI cartoon from the 2010s, I think, or 2000s, called Rebels, which I am not familiar with. Uh, We did not watch it. Megan has watched it, (laughs) but apparently... I will never watch it. I will never watch it. This, that's our solemn pledge to all of you Thronderdome listeners. We are we are purely a Star Wars literature podcast, except for when we watch like goofier Star Wars shit. Like we're we're probably going to have to watch the old droids cartoon at some point, but mostly we're not. And, and watching... we're also going to be watching the Anthony Daniels film Vampire Motorcycle. <laughs> yes, we are. I can exclusively <laughs> confirm here. We can confirm here for the first time. The real exciting news is not live action Thrawn. Is that we have confirmed that one. Anthony Daniels' filmography is extremely hilarious because his very first credited role is C-3PO, and that's been almost 95% of his career is portraying C-3PO in some sense. But also, Vampire Motorcycle. So, we're looking forward to that one. Ronnie has actually acquired the... Uh, it was a Blu-ray, right? It's like high-quality stuff. It was a DVD. A DVD. I don't what think it's better? made the jump to high def. <laughs> People don't care about the great classics of cinema, so we do have that to look forward to. Anyway, point being... Neither I nor Ronald has seen either the cartoon that this is branching out from, nor any of the other Disney Plus uh, series that it is supposedly kind of interlocking with and forming a kind of TV show universe with the, uh, I don't know, with the movies or I don't know what they're doing. But the point being, uh, Thrawn was voiced by Lars Mikkelsen in the cartoon. And so that's who they're bringing back to play Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I'm not saying... I don't think Mr. Mickelson is an ugly man. I think he's fine. But, like... you, I don't know. you got to have a dreamboat to play Admiral Thrawn, right? Maybe he'll look better as a chiss. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> we, only know, we only know what Lars Mickelson looks like as a human. If you throw some chiss, chiss face on him, 
then maybe he uh, he looks a little better. No, although honestly, so... there was one shot of, the, of him in the trailer, and he looked like shit. Yeah. <laughs> so we have that to look forward to. Now, what this did get me curious about was how the Timothy Zahn characters have been woven into the uh, the current expanded universe. And Megan had some insights on that. And thank you so much, Megan. I, I know you, you can't be here for this and, and really can't clarify or correct us. So She's I mean, going to be so mad at us. She's like, going to be so you're mad. getting it wrong. <laughs> but apparently, so Peleon has already appeared in live action on one of the baby shows. Um, so Peleon is there. Uh, also, Megan tells me, or t- told us, that Rook the Nogri did appear on Star Wars Rebels, but he was killed. And that was very funny to me because, like, so the chronologically, Star Wars Rebels is stuff that takes place in between the last, like, in between Revenge of the Sith and uh, A New Hope, right? So in between the Order 66 of the Jedi Order and Luke bullseyeing Womp Rats and his T-16 back home. Like, that's where it chronologically all takes place. So, the the latest it could go would be five, eight years before the events of Heir to the Empire, one. And so, to take an Heir to the Empire character, transpose it back in time, like, 30 years before, and then also kill him so he's not even around after the Battle of the Second Death Star? That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't get. Are they, like, adapting Thrawn to be, like, around before the end of Return of the Jedi? Yes. I mean, that, like, completely destroys his plot purpose, because he's supposed to be the last remnant of the of the Empire. But if he's just another guy in the Empire, then he kind of loses his specialness. Well, I guess, and we'll see how they work him in. I, I don't. Far be it for me to say that Disney is making a poor decision. <laughs> it's just really funny that they have these like, like you know the 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 powers that be know that the the Timothy Zahn characters, Peleon and Thrawn and Mara Jade and Rook, our beloved Rook, are popular. The fans like them, and so they're working them into the new chronology. But also, like these characters mainly work. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like. Thrawn works as the inheritor of the Empire. He he does, like... So it's going to be kind of... So I guess this is all taking place during his time as, like, a backwater military governor? I mean, we'll have to see. I don't, you know, I don't know anything. Well, um, well, well let, me, let me nerd out for a moment here, Daniel. Please. Uh, re- uh, listeners may know that I'm a uh, aficionado of comic books and all the stupid things that entail from that. Um... I think a similar situation has occurred uh, with uh, the Miles Morales character of Spider-Man because uh. he was originally created to replace Peter Parker, but now he exists alongside Peter Parker. So it's kind of a weird, like, okay, here's regular Spider-Man and here's another Spider-Man. Well, yeah, and aren't there like five Spider-Men now anyway? There's Girl Spider-Man and, and uh, Future Spider-Man and there's a whole... There's a whole lot, oh, but that's yeah. a, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's true, and I, I'm having to I'm having to learn how to navigate all that stuff because Ronnie, as you know, 
And as you so very thoughtfully uh, fueled her new interest, my five-year-old daughter has now really gotten interested in Spider-Man. So now I got to figure out all this timeline crap, I guess, you know. Right Wait now, until you find going... out how he sold his marriage to the devil. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. That I would like to know more about. Um, but anyway, the, the thought I had is like, this is kind of like, uh, it feels like Gundam to me. Where like, the connecting tissue between all the Gundam series is that there's a robot that looks the same. But then like every setup and every like, every like setting in the universe history or whatever is all different every time. I mean... It just feels very weird taking a character who was ma- tailor-made to be the heir to the Empire uh, and, yeah, try to work him into this thing where that's not going to happen. But Well, again, uh, again, to go back to comics, it's just like when you reboot a comics universe and you try to have like characters created in the 60s and characters created in the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, 2000s and have them act as though they've all been coexisting forever. It's just confusing and weird. And it's like, why are, why is Superman debuting the same time as like the Wildcats? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good point because these are, that's a really good point because those characters are in like the newer, the more recently created characters are in conversation with the older kinds of comic books, right? Like that's why yeah. you had, you had Blood Rage and Splatter Blood and and Blood Pack and Wild Wild Craps in the nineties was because they were trying to get away from like sixties Batman TV show. Yeah, it was right? all went, building upon a history and, and now there's right. no history, so it's strange and it's just uh, totally unmoored I, from any kind of context and so right, like you have like well you have a character like Thrawn who is meant to be a counterpoint to Darth Vader and as Megan told us, the, they apparently have milked a lot out of getting Anakin Skywalker and Thrawn to interact as young people, which is... That just sounds terrible. I don't like the sound of it. <laughs> but it, yeah, I, I guess it, so it remains to be seen um, where, where this is all going to go. I do know that the, uh, you know, the, the track record for the live-action Disney Plus shows is mixed, I think that's the fairest way to say that the reception of the various programs has been mixed, especially the ones helmed by this uh, Filoni person who was one of the, yeah, he was one of the people behind Rebels. So I guess it makes sense to kind of hand this all off. And the second Clone Wars, the, uh, the one that Kennedy Tchaikovsky didn't do. Oh yeah, that's right. And good, good for Gendy Tartakovsky to get that Star Wars bag and then go do Samurai Jack, or oh, and like Primal and stuff that's cool and fun. And I guess Hotel yeah, you Transylvania. Definitely, you definitely feel the <laughs> you definitely feel the Filoni influence because all of these characters that he created or he stewarded like Ashoka and and Cad Bane and a bunch of other fucking crap I somehow remember are yeah. showing up in these amidst uh, these existing star Wars characters and it's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it would be a bit like, um, <laughs> I don't it's know. It's really like, strange having like a cartoon being continuity with live action. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I think that's maybe hitting on something like, I guess all of this is supposed to. And, and again, here we get into like the Gundam thing. It's, like, it's like if Looney Tunes and Seinfeld took place in the same universe. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, they do. They're connected by that Pez dispenser in that one episode. Yeah, and then um, there would just be a, a random episode where Daffy comes to Jerry's apartment. <laughs> where, Jer- where Jerry has to take care of Sylvester the cat for a weekend. Yeah, send these ideas to Larry David. I, I will, I will. And also I will send them to uh, Steven Spielberg, producer of Tiny Toon Adventures. I think he would have uh, a lot of valuable input. Um, yeah, so uh, again, we're, we're two guys who barely know what we're talking about. Uh, which is what makes the show fun. That's why people tune in. Um, Everybody yeah. loves white male mediocrity. Everyone loves white male mediocrity. Everyone loves two white men who haven't prepared just talking. That's the, <laughs> that's the world's most valued form of media. Uh, but we were so excited about it, though. We just had to we had to get on the horn. We had to sort of talk it out with each other, our feelings about it. Of course, we had to get in touch with Megan and ask her what what's the deal. Um, so I guess we shall see. I do think it's interesting that Peleon appeared as a live action character before anybody. Although apparently according to Megan, he appeared just as a, like a hollow, like a hologram communication. So I don't know if that counts. Well, he's like the silver surfer to Thrawn's Galactus. <laughs> to keep it in the comic books realm. Uh, and actually yeah, I have yeah, one yeah. final, I have one final question for you, Daniel. Now, yes, yes. as we know, the... Star Wars live-action shows are built on the backs of a little thing we like to call Baby Yoda. (laughs) That's right. We do like to call that little thing that. Now, bear with me. I'm thinking, uh, you know, things are lagging, uh, ratings are down a bit, Uh, people are complaining about Jack Black and Lizzo being in the the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Baby Thrawn... Maybe Thrawn, and maybe he'll have a few Isalamiri with him to prevent Baby Yoda from cheating at games. And I bet you could like really de- overdesign the Yell Samiri to look cute. Oh, see, but that's the thing. Like, right? Weren't we talking about like the merchandising options here? A whole line of scarves. I mean, it practically. I mean, it's money on the table, just waiting to go. People love scale for People, uh, people are going to have to replace their Harry Potter scarves anyway, so. <laughs> that's a really, that's exactly right. And who's there waiting for them? It's us. With our with our knockoff, pirated, fake Gucci, uh, Isalamiri And by contrast, Timothy Zahn has never said anything bad about trans people. That's true. Not that He not just that has an of. issue with uh, prissy-voiced robots. Yeah, he may have some uh, unexamined issues around gender non-conforming persons, um, but he Look, has not been... it was the been... 90s. It was the 90s. <laughs> we didn't even know what bisexuals were until Ally McBeal showed up. And, and then they were on the cover of Newsweek. That's how big a news it was. Um, looking very serious. Boy, what a time. Uh, yeah, so yeah, as far as we know, you know, Timothy... Hey, speaking of Timothy Zahn, is he... Do you think he's getting a cut from any of this? We've talked about this before, but like, I don't think getting... so. I think he was. I think he got a work for hire contract, and now that it's under now it's now that it's underneath the Disney umbrella, they're notorious for screwing uh, creators over. I mean, that's uh, a good point. Jim Starlin, who created Thanos, uh, famously like didn't even get a ticket to see the movie. Oh God, yeah. Which, I mean, that's really nickel and diming people. <laughs> that's really crappy. You're right. Well, I know that, um, of course, we do know that uh, Timothy was asked to write some Thrawn novels in the new continuity. So th- those came out recently. 
We'll get to those on the pod. I, I think um, Zahn is just like, you know, in it for the love of the game. And it's like, ooh, my creation on TV. <laughs> That's a really good point. He's going to be kicking back. He's listening to his Star Wars audio tapes in the minivan. And uh, just thinking about like, oh, it's going to be so cool to see Thrawn on the on the silver screen. Yeah. I bet he had a real what the fuck moment when Ruck was killed in Rebels, though. I, I also had a what the fuck moment. Like what? <laughs> That's just really funny. Ah, oh, it's it's like what it's if like that was. What if that was the old? That was the the uh, the butterfly effect uh, that changed uh, uh, continuity from Legends to this. <laughs> it was Rook dying. Rook dying early. <laughs> I think it would be funny if there was a uh, if they have like a they make like a pre uh, Death Star blowing it up Alderaan series. And have Winter be a main character, but then she gets blown up on Alderaan. See, yeah, this is if, uh, like, uh, uh, Winter was introduced as Baby Leia's uh, playmate or something. (laughs) Yeah. Baby Winter. (laughs) More money in the bank. See, she could have made an appearance on the the Ben Kenobi show. Because that had Baby Leia in it. Yeah. See, that's the entire premise of these streaming shows, is Baby Something. You gotta have a baby in it, or else it's not gonna play. That's right. It's gotta be. It's gotta be baby something. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, I, I, we'll see what they have up their sleeve for Admiral Thrawn. I, I'm sure no matter what it is, it will be dignified and respectful of the character. Much and I'm like, sure. And I'm sure Megan will hook us up with a bunch of baby Thrawn uh, fan fan photos. Drawings. Yes. Fan art, uh, I want keychains, I want enamel pins of Baby Thrawn, or Throngu, as we call him. Uh, it's going to be terrific. So, so here's looking forward to Baby Thrawn, the TV show. And uh, I know all you Thrawn heads out there, I know you're salivating for more. This is, this is uh, you know, we, we got some actual, uh, actual chapter recaps coming up directly after this. But we had to get on here, we were just too excited. Add a little addendum to our season opener show. But uh, now that we've got it out of our systems, I think Ronnie and I can finally can finally settle down. And yeah, uh, I just need to see if uh, it's against child labor laws to paint a baby blue and give it red contact lenses. <laughs> I, I think that's only uh, against child labor law. If well, you know, they're getting rid of that though. So you know, go nuts. Who cares? Also, uh, I just shoot it in New Zealand or whatever. They don't have any laws anymore because of the Hobbit movies. Exactly. You can do anything there. Or shoot it in Atlanta. They're desperate. They'll do yeah, anything. Yeah, they don't have any laws. They don't give a crap. It's a hellscape. Uh, total hellscape. But anyway, like we said, total hellscape, baby Thrawn. We're reading more books. We love it. Y'all love it. And uh, we will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>